Hello, Pendekar Hossein here, and this is the Marshall Mentor Podcast, Episode 3. Now, in Episode 3, I'm going to be talking about a very uh, interesting and popular topic. People are always asking me this question, and and it's a question I get repeatedly all the time, and that's why I decided to put it on the podcast. And that question is basically, what is better? Is it better to focus on self-defense, or is it better to learn sports martial arts, and what are the advantages of each one? Now, first of all, I mean, this is this is a huge question and a huge debate. People are always talking about this. It's a very popular topic, as I mentioned, and uh, it's a question which I usually get, especially from people who have been cross training a lot and they see and uh, there's a lot of talk about the sports martial arts and how successful they are. And they've been very good over the years, pushing out quality content and stuff like that, like, for example, the UFC. And people see those things and they're like, well, then the traditional quote unquote self-defense martial arts and traditional martial arts and all those things are not good anymore. So I get these kind of questions a lot. And I've cross-trained on both sides also. So for me, it's like, okay, I've done it even competitively uh, in Montreal many, many years ago uh, when I used to live in Canada. I used to compete uh, in wrestling and full contact fighting and stuff like that. I did it formally inside of a circuit and I did it like informally also in a lot of street fights. So I used to be a pretty tough guy when I was young. Now I'm a little bit older, so I'm not interested in fighting too, too much anymore. But when I was younger, it was a quite common thing. And I indulged in my uh, fighting, fighting uh, habits all the time and uh, desires. So I have a good taste of both worlds. So I know what is required in them. Now, first of all, let's define what they are. We've got the quote-unquote traditional martial arts, and uh, which also can be combined with self-defense martial arts also, because self-defense martial arts basically are, or any system which is focused on self-defense is kind of traditional. Now, I, some people might not like that, but I find it like that because traditional martial arts were created in order to keep people alive. That was the whole point. There wasn't really a sports aspect to it. The whole purpose of it was to keep people alive either in warfare or to keep people alive through civil strife or to keep people alive through different kinds of street engagements that they were facing off with. So those were the whole point of traditional martial arts. So when people say that it's not self-defense, well... I kind of disagree with that. I think that the, most of the traditional martial arts that I've seen are for self-defense. And uh, it only really is dependent on the teacher. Sometimes you'll get really shitty teachers and the shitty teachers give it a really bad name. But in general, when you look at a good teacher in any traditional martial art, a good teacher who's worth their salt and has trained properly, the art's usually pretty effective. Now, I give you an example. I meant... A couple of years back, I mean, how many years is that? It must have been about maybe maybe 25 years ago. Uh, I met this guy. He was a traditional judo master, but he was also a criminal. And he ended up in prison. And in prison, he applied his judo multiple times in order to keep himself alive. And he told me these stories and he showed me his judo. It was pretty fucking scary, okay? It was pretty good judo. So he told me very honestly and right off, you know, he was like, look, judo is supposed to be a traditional martial arts, it's a sport, blah, 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 blah. But when I used it, uh, and he, when he used it, he used it with ferocity, with intensity, and with 100% aggression and focus on destroying his adversaries. So, yeah, it's a traditional martial art, yes. But at the same time, if it's put into the hands of a killer... 
of somebody who wants to use it in a really harsh way, it's a completely different tool in that person's hand now. So now that is traditional martial art. And then you, you have uh, people who are supposedly in more modern systems and they're supposedly better in the modern times. But when I see what they're doing, it's pretty crappy. So uh, for me, traditional martial arts is the self-defense stuff. It's just there are good teachers and there are bad teachers. That's my personal opinion. Some people accept it. Some people don't. Now, sports martial arts. A sport martial art is one which is 100% focused on winning a tournament or winning a circuit or something like that or getting promoted in, in some kind of uh, public tournaments where people are not facing life or death. They're facing injury at most. But there's a referee there. There's a doctor there. There is support if you have a problem. There are paramedics there to drag your ass to the hospital, uh, which I have also enjoyed many times when I was working as a paramedic. These type of events, uh, sports events, usually have injuries, and it's, it's quite common for the paramedics on duty. We're over there, and then we, we, we take these guys to the hospital after. So it's, it's like that. That's, that's the game. But I have never seen a death. I have never, it's, it's, I mean, I've heard of it online. There are people who have been in the ring and have been killed, but it is such a small percentage of people that I can't say that it's a life or death sport. It's not like that. Whereas if you look at crime statistics, yeah, sure. Crime statistics involving martial artists, yes, they are a lot of the times involved in life or death situations all over the world. So, okay, though that's the, that's the main difference. So a sports martial arts is 100% focused on sport and not focused on giving you a life or death situation and winning in that situation. So that's my definition of these two. So when we think of it like that, uh, we can clearly understand what each one's purpose is for. And we don't need to say that one is better than the other one or one is worse than the other one, but rather what is the focus of each one. And that should be how you should be thinking also. You should be thinking of what the focus is for each one and what it is that you want to get out of it. Because for me, I know my I know my reason. For me, my reason is completely like personal self-defense, my family, myself, my honor, my all that stuff, all the good stuff and the, the, the man stuff for old style. So that, for me, that's my why. I don't need to go and start thinking now, okay, I got to find a, a better system inside of a, a Gracie Jiu-Jitsu or something. I, I, that doesn't mean anything to me anymore because that doesn't have my focus in it. It's not there. My focus is staying alive. And that means I have to understand weapons. I have to understand crime. I have to understand reality situations. because And also because I like that, okay? It's not just a question of a technical skill. I like it. I enjoy it. So for martial arts, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to be looking at it all the time. You're not, it has to be part of your lifestyle. And if you don't enjoy something, it's not going to be part of your lifestyle. So regardless of which one you choose. So for me, I enjoy that also. I enjoy it more than I enjoy the sports aspect of things. So that's my personal choice. But everybody has to make that choice. So if you have your clear why, then it's going to be a lot easier for you. And you got to make that decision. Now, when it comes to the sports martial arts thing, these sports martial arts, do they have something to offer? If you make a decision, for example, to self-defense, does sports martial arts have something to offer you? Of course they do. Of course. But the other way around, I would say not that much, in my personal opinion. So if you're looking for, if you're uh, uh, practicing self-defense and you're practicing or you're tra practicing traditional martial arts and you're looking to sports martial arts to give you some type of training methods, for example, 
punch, increasing your punch strength, okay? A lot of traditional martial arts don't use heavy bags. They do a lot of technical training, but they don't use heavy bags. And heavy bags are really good, and we've seen how power has improved in Western boxing, and power has improved through Muay Thai uh, training competitions and things like that, and Muay Thai training, uh, and, and all these types of training where they use heavy bags, kickboxing, etc. It increases your punching power tremendously. Most traditional martial arts don't have that. Most self-defense systems nowadays have adopted this, and uh, people who focus more on self-defense have adopted it, and uh, it's become uh, a staple in, in more realistic training environments and with good teachers again. So in that way, I would say that we can, yes, definitely adopt certain things that come from, uh, for, come from the sports environment, and it is a good thing. It should be adopted because it works. It increases your punching power. Why wouldn't you want to increase your power when you strike somebody? You want to have that power. So I don't understand why somebody would refuse to have that. It's stupid. Anything that makes you better, you should be taking it and taking it to, you, to the maximum ability and potential that you have. There's no reason why you should say no because it comes from Muay Thai. I don't care if it comes from Muay Thai. If it makes me stronger, I'm going to do it. So that's fine. No problem. But does that change my focus and what I'm doing? Absolutely not. It's just another training method and helping me on my way in order to becoming better at what I'm doing. But I'm adopting a training method from Muay Thai or from kickboxing or from Western boxing because they have a superior method in terms of training. No problem. Now, if we would flip it around and we would say, for example, what can a traditional martial arts person or self-defense enthusiast or whatever self-defense trainer teach a sports person, I would say technically there's a lot less. There's a lot less that we could flip around and give to them because for that environment, it is much more limited than what you can do in the street environment. It's much more limited. So you cannot now bring in karambits into your into into the UFC. Otherwise, I would be the winner. You cannot you cannot bring in any kind of and uh, any kind of lethal type of techniques or any type of of techniques where you seriously injure the person in, uh, for example, in, in, their, in their eyes or their groin or something like that. All those type of things are not allowed. So if you, if you think that you can translate those techniques into that environment, I think it's a little bit wrong. It's not possible. In a street situation, yes, of course, definitely can. You can do those things because you have to survive it. And you can justify it to yourself. And maybe you can justify it in front of a jury. Maybe. Good luck with that. I personally don't like to hang around for that part. Uh, I, I, I shouldn't say this on air, shouldn't I? <laughs> but <laughs> in all honesty, I think that the whole system is rigged. So no matter what, how much uh, you try and justify yourself and what the situation is, you usually end up screwed, unfortunately. So I personally don't like to hang around for that. But uh, then again, um, yeah, I'm not in North America. So you guys, everybody do what they want in their own environment. I'm not going to comment on that. But anyways, back to our topic. And uh, the issue is now, can we translate something and put it into a sport environment? Well, yeah, to a certain degree, but mostly technically not. 
I would say when it comes to a sport environment, one of the things that is lacking in those sports environments is the whole mentorship factor and the whole um, the whole mindset factor of the traditional martial arts where you have a brotherhood, where you have mentorship with your instructor, where you have those close-knit relationships. It's not really there in those type of sports environments, which has become very money-infused and everything is only about money and girls and showing off and taking pictures and yelling at each other and, and marketing and all. It's become so over-commercialized that even people who claim to be martial artists uh, in UFC and things like that, yes, they are martial artists technically, but they don't have that background of quality. Uh, quality, in my personal, in in my personal opinion, they don't have that background of quality, uh, mental aspect of martial arts and that cultural aspect of martial arts, which is very very valuable. And I see that lacking in them. Um, they, I have seen them many times. I've encountered them, and I've been part of that environment. And I've noticed that on a personal level. And that's one of the things that made me dislike it because it was lacking that aspect of it. And I think that's a very important aspect if we're trying to build a lifestyle choice instead of trying to build just technical skills. So for me, that was a very important uh, decision maker and uh, deciding a factor for me for deciding not to do it anymore besides just the technical physical fighting stuff and me getting older but also the fact that I just I think that this is a lifestyle choice and as a lifestyle it has to be part of something that I'm thinking about and being and being involved in and and care about every single day so it is beyond just the technical things so that is one of the things that I found lacking in uh, sports uh, type of martial arts environments now it there might be some places like some people have told me that Gracie Jiu-Jitsu is still a little bit more traditional in that sense, even though they're involved a lot in competitions. And it's very possible. And you might find some other people who are like that also. But I would say in general, it's not there in general. Okay, but you will find it in some specific sports pockets. The same thing like in a, in a self-defense kind of training environment. In general, in traditional self-defense martial arts, in general, I would say mentorship, brotherhood, all those things are an important aspect. Um, behavior and 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 all those traditional values of the martial arts, loyalty and respect and honor, all those things which are the traditional aspects of martial arts training and mentorship and brotherhood and all those things are still generally there, but you will find pockets where it's not there. So it's the opposite. It's the flip side. So it depends on what you want. You know, if you want to become a famous sports star, then definitely go for it. But if you want something which is designed for you to survive in reality, yeah, definitely then go for that. But you have to make that decision. And that's the problem that people, I, I see people always getting confused on. You have to make that clear distinction and make that decision for yourself. Which one do you want? It's not a question of which one is better. It's which one do you want for yourself and for your life and for your future. That's all, nothing else. So if you think that you're comfortable and happy with the sports martial arts and it gives you everything that you need, go for it. No problem. Go for it. But then you don't get into a sport, into a street situation and expect that it's going to translate 100%. It's not. I mean, you might be able to knock out the average dude and you might be able to take him down with your throws. You might be able to do whatever you want. 
with him on the street, but you, you also might get into a situation where you're facing off with weapons, where you're facing off multiple adversaries, where you never even thought about those things before because it's not part of your training. So you've got to understand the limitations of what you're doing. And the same thing, I wouldn't think about stepping into a ring with uh, the notorious MMA or with Habib or any of these guys. I, I wouldn't even dream about something like that because I'll probably get killed. And I would have to resort to very shameless tactics in order just to even have a chance against these type of people. Because anytime you fight anybody who is training for seven or eight or nine hours a day, you're dealing with a person on another level. Now, I'd like to make this very clear. A lot of people think to themselves, oh, you know what? Well, I'm training and I can just grouch his eye out or I can just kick him in the groin or, or grab his neck or something like that. People, I'm going to tell you right now, that is a very, very unrealistic way of thinking. Any human being, regardless if it is a man or a woman or anything in between that they like to call nowadays on Facebook, the X factor or whatever they want to call it, or animal or anything else, whatever it is, if somebody is training for eight, nine, 10, seven, whatever hours per day as a full-time job, and you think that your hour or two hours or three hours or even maybe one hour a day for training, a day training is going to be sufficient to counter that person's moves, you are seriously, seriously making a huge mistake. Now, when I was a kid with my brother, when I was training in competitions, I was fighting on the street also. Okay, uh, I, that was how I grew up. I, we, we were just like that. We did that because we wanted to do it. My, my brother also used to do it. We used to arrange fights like uh, no holds barred kind of fights and, and, and stuff like that. And we, we used to fight in those type of things, very informal street type of fights against different people. Some of them were criminals. Some of them were martial artists. Some of them were boxers. Some, they had all different backgrounds. But we used to fight together because that's what we wanted to do in order to improve our skills. We were training at that time, my brother, eight or nine hours a day. That was, I was like 17 or 18, 19, 20, like that. We were training like eight or nine hours a day. Now, when people used to come and fight with us, people who didn't train at all, but they were good street fighters, people who didn't train or who trained a little bit, or maybe like hobbyist martial artists and stuff like that, who went to their classes twice a week or three times a week, even though they were doing boxing, even though they were doing kickboxing, whatever, we completely fucking destroyed them every single time. Because no matter what, our speed is faster, our aggression level is faster, our technique execution was better, because we did this shit for eight hours a day. I literally, we, I mean, I left school. I had to go back to school when I was older because I, just, I got kicked out of school. Uh, I went back to school after, got my GD, went to university, etc., etc. That was later on in my life. When I was young, I was really messed up and I didn't care about anything. And my brother was pretty much the same and we, we did this together. We were, we were the notorious thugs. But that was a long time ago in a different world and a different life. So, but the point is we were training constantly and that training made us very, very aggressive. And then we combined the, the street factor on it because we, there were no referees in those fights and we were able to execute what we wanted. We did a lot of damage when we combined those two worlds of the sports training with the street application. 
So I have a very, very personal knowledge of this. And I'm telling you people, do not underestimate anybody who is training for seven or eight hours a day. I don't care if they're training Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. I don't care if they're training Penjak Silat. I don't care if they're training Western Boxing. I don't care if they're training Muay Thai. If they're training for eight or nine hours a day to hurt another person, you better be fucking sure you're training. You're going to be fighting with a real person in front of you. You're fighting a tiger now. Okay. So it's no joke anymore. So if you think you could just hit the guy in the groin, well, guess what, dude? I don't care what self-defense you know. If you are trying to get any move on that person, they will be able to execute everything faster than you. Their reactions are faster than you. Their actions are faster than you. Everything will be faster, more aggressive, slicker, and better done than you. So you really got to know what you're doing. And the way to counter something like that is by training well yourself, understanding the movement yourself. That's why you see a lot of the things that I do, wrestling and stuff like that. A lot of the base of Pinjak Silat Sharaf is wrestling, okay? It's, it's plain wrestling. I wrestle because I do gulat. Gulat is Indonesian wrestling. So that is the basis of the system when it comes to empty hand stuff. Yeah, I do striking. I do wrestling together. But that's the basis of the system. And then we do armed, uh, we, we add in weapons. So... It's it's really very, very close grappling, a lot of stuff like that. And the reason for that is because I find that to be one of the most effective things ever. Armed wrestling is one of the most effective close quarter combat systems. And people don't think about that. And now when you start throwing in all of the, the uh, kind of training with the heavy bags, the type of training with, uh, with sports training has in order to increase your physical fitness, in order to increase your strength, in order to increase your, your punching power. And you start putting that and you add those and combine it with the traditional martial arts, you're creating a lethal training combination now. Absolutely fucking lethal. So do not fool around when, when you're thinking about those type of people. Anyone who trains eight hours a day, regardless of what they do, is dangerous. If I walk into a ring with Conor McGregor, I know that I'm dealing with one of the most fucking dangerous people. And I don't care what silat I know or any killing techniques I know. I'm dealing with a beast who's training for eight or nine hours a day. I'm not dealing with a regular man. Now, that's why it's going to be Karen Bits flying when I meet Connor because I'm not interested in going toe-to-toe with him, regardless of what, <laughs> okay? It's going to be Karen Bits flying all over the place, and he's not going to get out of that one alive. So, if you want to go, make sure you understand the situation. Make sure you understand the value of both sides of the training and know that sports training has value and know that your traditional martial arts has value and your traditional self-defense martial arts stuff, well, it all has value. Just know what your focus is, know what is your why, combine it together and take the best of both worlds. That's my opinion and that's what I think you everybody should be doing, okay? So that's what I've done over the years and that's what I think everybody should be doing. I think that's the right way to go for the future, not to be cussing and dissing everybody out and saying the one is better, one is the worst. No, just learn from one another, apply Apply it, take the best, and make sure that you're awesome and you're ready for action all the time, mentally and physically and spiritually. That's the way it works, okay? So that's my episode three for this week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And as usual, you can go to totalurbansurvival.com. You can get in more information. And if you need any questions answered from me, you just need to email me, send me a message on social media, whatever it is. And I'll be happy to get back to you on Skype. I'll be happy to get back to you on WhatsApp or on our messenger or anything else you want. Okay, no problems. Take care and I'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye bye.